Well, welcome into Navigating Change with Shane and Mike. Of course, across from me, the one, the only, my friend Shane Bishop. My name's Mike Wooten. Really glad that you're joining us for the show today. Of course, we always encourage you, subscribe to this podcast, share this podcast. You can write a review. We always appreciate that. And of course, again, we appreciate you being with us today. Mike, do you actually keep up with these podcasts? You know, for example, I, I need do an you example. Just, do you just make these podcasts and then pay no attention to them whatsoever once they're posted or is it something that you tend to so is it like is it like staining a deck that you would stain the deck Mm -hmm. and then think i don't have to pay any more attention to this for a long 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 time or is it like a garden that you tend lovingly mike is there a metaphor that would be in between the two of those no no i feel like you're gonna have (laughs) i feel like it's a dichotomy i I feel like there's no in between i would say closer definitely closer to the garden because i check things out of course i I post about these i care about these i think about them so uh yeah definitely closer to the garden all right i I wouldn't say all in on the garden i understand i'm more of a deck guy (laughs) yeah yeah. more of a deck guy that being said you kind of inform me at at times because i'll get curious you You know for example is anyone listening and what do i say yes (laughs) And then you ask, how, how many? many? What do I say? More than you would think. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because I always think it's limited to family members. That's, but that's it, true. It, and, and that's ridiculous. You want to know how I know it's ridiculous? Because no one in my family listens to our podcast. None of them. So uh, all good. There is I w- there's a dynamic happening with this podcast right now where it is hard for me to kind of figure out everywhere that it's going because we are on multiple platforms right now, podcast okay. platforms. Now, I'm not trying to sell this like... Yeah, right. A hundred thousand people are listening to this podcast. Right, right. But it is more at first it was easy for me to tell okay. how many people are listening. Now not so much. Yeah. And if you have trouble finding our podcast, it's really pretty easy, right? Because we're on multiple platforms. Absolutely. Multiple. You just na- na- navigating change, Shane and Mike, throw that in the search and you will find us. And if you just throw that in the search on Google and just add podcast, definitely. I bet you Podbean's probably the first one that comes up. All right. So if you ever have trouble finding the podcast yeah. and you can't find it online, look under your sofa, look under the cushions in your sofa. Not only might you find our fi- podcast, you could well find change. I mean, chains, like quarters, dimes, yeah. nickels, yeah. and Cheetos. I heard a story uh, about, uh, you know, Pee Wee Herman passed away not long yes, ago. Yes, I remember do. him? And I, I do and, remember Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, anyways, I heard a quick story about him. I guess he was pretty wacky, and he was in an audition one time right before that Pee Wee, whatever he did in the 80s, that it was show. like Pee Wee's Great Adventure, maybe, Great, was, the that movie, was the movie, something like that. Was it Playhouse? Was the show? Pee Wee's Playhouse, that sounds right. Something like that. But he was in like a serious audition for a movie, and he, he was kind of nervous, and he was sitting on a couch, and he felt that there was change in the couch. And in the middle of like the conversation after the audition, he actually brings out the sofa cushion and starts digging for change. I like it. Did he get the part? He did not. Did he get the change? <laughs> he may have. Yeah, no, yeah because it kind of gets in with the theme of our podcast. Yeah, yeah. They... Did Pee Wee Herman keep <laughs> the change? <laughs> I don't know. All right, Shane, we got something near to dear to both of our hearts today that we're going to talk about. Uh, I just want to point people to your professional page because you're putting all kinds of good stuff out there right now. And this is uh, a few thoughts that you had on your professional page on Facebook. Rev Shane L. Bishop. I know it's getting, there's, it's kind of blowing up uh, your, your professional page in terms of people just are really sharing things <coughs> and being encouraged, excuse me, and being encouraged by it. Um, 
What we're going to talk about today is a little bit of content you put out there about church and about the feelings that people have when they go to church, particularly those who feel like they have to have it all together to go to church. How can you introduce this for us, Shay? Well, I remember when I was young and I was on a street mission thing and we were sharing Jesus at Mardi Gras or Indianapolis 500 or someplace like that. I remember having a conversation with somebody about, and I was just sharing faith. And uh, this person said, you know, I plan to become a Christian when I get my act together. And I remember just stopping as a young man and, and, and just saying, if we were capable of getting our acts together, God wouldn't have needed to send Jesus. You know, you don't want to wait till then hmm. because you'll never become a Christian. And I think there's a lot of people that look at church as a place you can't really attend until you have your act yeah. together. And I just want to argue church can't just be a place mm. for people who have it all together. Do you think it's just people are intimidated by church? What are your reasons for why, why people feel that way, Shane? I think uh, baby boomers and older mm -hmm. have, who do not attend church have memories of church. So they have memories of piano, organ, hymnal, first church of duty, guilt, obligation, and pancakes. I think that's what they kind of have in mind. So in their mind, nothing's really changed. Okay. So it didn't connect with them then. Mm -hmm. So this idea is it doesn't really connect mm -hmm. with us now. So I think a lot of people see and, and kind of venerate the church yeah. and church people. These are where holy people go. This is where that, that fraction of a percent of, of people go who, who truly true. have it all together. And, and I, I don't, this is going to sound terrible. I think there's some people don't feel worthy mm. to go to church. And now you always hear the opposite side of that. You know, all yeah. the pundits and all that saying, well, church has failed and wah, yeah. wah, wah, wah. I still think there's plenty of people out there who just don't feel worthy to attend a church. They don't feel like church is for them because they don't yeah. measure up. And I think some from maybe the millennial generation just uh, in a similar, they they won't connect with it. You know, they won't connect with church and, and they too um, maybe, you know, don't have it all together. Okay. So uh, what do you, what about Jesus? Where is he in all of this when you think about the church and Jesus and, and people coming to him? Well, one of the things you, you just can't get away from is that hurting people flocked to Jesus. Hmm. I mean, the reason Jesus healed people is because sick people came to him. The, the reason he delivered people is because people who were afflicted by evil spirits or what, and what we call mental illness came to him. Uh, Hungry people came to him. People who needed restoration came to Jesus. Jesus was a magnet for the hurting. I don't think church today is seen as a magnet for the hurting. I think it mm. is seen as a club for people who have it all together. Hmm. All right, Shane. So we have seven uh, ways, really, would you say to define church here? How would you How would you put this? Well, I, I just wanted to... to introduce a different way of thinking. Okay. You know, if you look at Jesus, with every encounter he had with somebody, he gave somebody their life back. Mm. That, that's why people came. If you really think about it, Jesus is like a touring rock and roll band. He is all over the Galilee region. He draws massive crowds. Yeah. So what they came for was healing. Yeah. 
then he would start teaching and then they'd want to throw him off cliffs and stuff. So, you know, we look at the teaching and we think, wow, people flock to hear him teach. Mm -hmm. The disciples had no idea what he's talking about most of the time. Right. Uh, that's kind of when he lost the crowd. Healing, giving people their life back, that was his ticket. Yeah. And I think there's distance right now. I don't know how many churches see their function or part of their function as a place where people can come who are desperate, who are hurting, who are sick, yeah. who are distraught. And church is a place you can come when no one else can help you. And maybe God can do something wonderful. Jesus invited everyone to come to him. He, he touched them at the point of their need. Yeah. Uh, and he said, go and sin no more. And I think that's a powerful metaphor for the church today. So if someone is hurting today, uh, church is a wonderful place for them to be, is what you're saying? Well, think about it. Somebody walks into a church and they're hurting. Mm -hmm. uh, what is going to happen in that time that's going to address that in any way, shape, or form? So they go to a lot of churches. What churches are going to do is track the bulletin. And all churches have a bulletin, whether you have a bulletin or not. Right. We have a bulletin too. Yeah. But if someone is hurting, is there any place in your church service that they could be ministered to? If somebody is hurting, is there any yes. mechanism anywhere in your church that would identify a hurting people and can a hurting person yeah. and connect them with someone who would at least pray for them sure. and listen to them? We had a guy come in uh, a bit ago who literally came in off the street, was drunk. Yeah. Somebody brought the guy into church uh, and had no idea what to do with him. Yeah. And, and, and so it was kind of interesting. We, we were advertising, though, for a men's event. So I said, go, go take him to all those men. You know, they look yeah. like they need something to do. And, and those men just reached out to him, and, and there was ministry that happened there. And, and I thought, how cool is it that this drunk, lost guy... Yeah finds his way into a church. He came here looking for something because he was here. Yeah. And there were mechanisms here where people could reach out to him, care about him, right. and give God a shot at doing something. So church has to be a place where hurting people can come. Yeah, and there's not many places people can go like that. I think that's what makes a church so unique and to your point, so value. It's important that church is kind of uh, create lanes in which hurting people can get uh, the help that they need. What about people whose hearts are breaking, people who are mourning, Shane? What uh, does a church, what place does church play in their lives? Well, one of the things that uh, I'm acutely aware of is that almost everybody at some level, every time they walk in a church is experiencing loss in some way. <laughs> it, it may be physical, yeah, uh, loss of your health, you may have lost a loved one. Right. Mike, you may have lost a dog mm -hmm. or a pet, and it's it's, it's quite traumatic. Uh, you, you may have lost your job. Yeah. You may have lost a relationship. So uh, you may have lost a son or a daughter. The, the reality is everybody sitting in church, you know, we can all put on nice clothes, spray a little cologne or perfume on, mm -hmm and look like Ward and June Cleaver for an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> but everybody there is hurting in some way. And my point is that the church needs to be a place that recognizes yeah. this, that 
offers ministry that is a place where people can find their breaking hearts healing in some way. One of the ways I think we do that in worship, I know you'll have prayers for people. You put people at the altar here yeah. to, and literally give altar calls if, you're, if your heart's breaking. I mean, you've done that many times since I've been around Shane. And uh, you pray for people, you, or you have prayer uh, warriors pray, pray for people too. So that's a wonderful thing I think we see here at Christ Church. Well, how many people, Mike, uh, might walk into a church experiencing loss, trying to fight back the tears, and the church is essentially oblivious yeah. because they're just running their bulletin. They're just running their worship service. Yeah. So I remember I was speaking at an event uh, years ago, and I was talking about evangelism and professions of faith. And uh, somebody said, why do you think we're not seeing more professions of faith in our denomination back then? And I, I said, when would that happen? I mean, when would that happen? Where in the life of your church is there an opportunity to have the gospel presented and an opportunity for someone to respond to the gospel? Yeah. Where would that happen? So if somebody's hurting, if somebody's heart is is breaking yeah I, I think all churches should be able to answer where would ministry to them happen if they're hurting shane one of the things we see in the culture right now is people are just hopeless or they put their hope in something and it's broken is the church a place where people can find hope i think it has to be i mean it, it has to be when i was growing up everybody came to christ because they didn't want to go to hell you know mm. <laughs> And some people, you know, the, the better students wanted to go to heaven. But that was basically it. it. It was, I think most of our response was concerning the afterlife, one way or the other. And then, and then as you kind of looked at things, I remember being like 10 years old in, in Sunday school. And I was in a Baptist tradition. And it occurred to me, I've already accepted Jesus. I've mm. already been baptized. I already know most of the Bible stories. There's a strong chance I've peaked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's just a strong chance I've peaked yeah. as, as a Christian. Yeah. Uh, what what is is next? What what is it that God would have uh, for that next step? And I think part of that is that we as a church need to say it's not all about us. It's also about providing a place where the hopeless yeah. can find hope. So where is the hope in your message? Where mm. is the hope offered in your church? If somebody was looking for hope in your church, yeah. where is it that it would be clearly offered? Now, at our church, it's clear where you get coffee. Mm. You know, seriously, it's clear. And, yeah. and we're clear about how much it costs yeah. and somebody will deliver it. But what if you're looking for hope? Yeah. Where do you get that? And, hope, and I think it's a good question. Hope can be a lot of things, right? If they're feeling alone, a community. You know, small groups can be that place of hope where they can have a place where they're cared about. Uh, hope, like you said, could be in the message. Hope could be uh, just a church that cares. But, uh, yeah, that's great. Church is a wonderful place for that. It has to be. So, all right, what about someone who's just looking for healing? I mean, they can. So we talked a little about, about bring, bringing someone's hurt there. Is there actually healing that can happen in a church? Mike, in the early days here, we did, uh, people would fill out prayer requests in their bulletins. Mm -hmm. And I would pray over every single one of them. And this is when the church ran maybe three, four hundred, and it was possible. Now we have to have a team that does that, or you spend all, all your time. Mm -hmm. um, and you wouldn't have time to prepare sermons and whatnot. But 
I would say 95% of the prayer requests I got were for physical healing. 95%. Wow. And so uh, you ask yourself sometimes, uh, what is the role of physical healing in, in the church? Uh, if you look at the ministry of Jesus, it played a fairly substantial role. And who came to Jesus? People the doctors couldn't help. Yeah. Who came to Jesus? People who couldn't afford yeah. to even see if a doctor could help. Who came to Jesus? Desperate people. So I do think physical healing is something that uh, churches should pray for yeah. today. I'm not going to say don't go to the doctor, but I am going to say uh, pray about things first. Mm-hmm. And if someone is sick, let's say somebody, Mike, uh, just got a cancer diagnosis mm-hmm. and they're waiting on results of a PET scan to see how much it's spread, they come to church in the midst of that. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you something. They're hurting. They've got some anxiety. <laughs> if somebody was sick, where could they find a human being to pray for them? In a church. Mm. <laughs> where would that opportunity be? You know, it used to be churches kind of offered altar calls. Yeah. Well, at least there's an opportunity, yeah. right? There's at least an opportunity. We'll often offer altar calls, and maybe nobody comes forward. I don't I don't know that that's important. What's mm-hmm. important is that mm-hmm. the opportunity yeah. is offered. Yeah. So I do think churches need to really ask themselves, what is the role of physical healing? The last thing I'd want to say, Mike, and my wife's been... We've been through a cancer journey. I mean, things are looking great right now, and praise God for that. But we've been through a journey the past many, many months. A lot of times we pray for people as churches, but we don't celebrate when God answers those prayers. Hmm. So it, we, we pray and we pray and we pray, but there's no celebration hmm. that happens. And one of the things, and it's on my mind because we were just at a cancer center this morning. Melissa got a very good, um, a really good report, but... The thing that really occurred to me as we walked out is I need to give God some praise. Mm. We've had thousands of people praying for us. Mm-hmm. I need to let them know <laughs> that God has answered their prayers. This is yeah. going to be a thank you, Jesus moment. Yeah. And when God does answer those prayers, uh, do, do we even celebrate that? And right. if so, where would that happen? Yeah. And then you get to do it in the community. You get to, I'm, That's one of the powerful things I keep thinking about when we go through this, Shane, is this power of community. You're celebrating what God has done together, yeah. walking together through it all. Yeah. Um, that's It's really beautiful. And community is so important, Mike, because community not only helps us bear our burdens, mm-hmm. but I think just as importantly, it intensifies our celebrations. It's why I never play golf by myself. If mm-hmm. I got a hole in one, there'd be nobody that would believe mm-hmm. me. And so... Why in the world would you do that? It would just yeah. rob part of the joy is not just that something happens. It's being able to share that with other people. When I got out of excitement today, I probably uh, sent texts to a hundred people and I uh, posted it on social media yeah. and and why Celeb- but yeah. celebrate yeah. what God's done. Yeah. People yeah. have been praying. Mm-hmm. Let's let them know God answers prayers. What if the news had been bad? You know what? God's still good. Yeah. He would have given us the strength, and we do what they tell us. But you know today? Today's a day to celebrate. Today's a day <laughs> to it. celebrate. I love it. Shane, uh, you also said a church, and kind of speaking to this, at church we are loved, restored, revived, and remembered. What do you mean? A lot of people are uh, 
very, very isolated. Mm. You know, sometimes every Sunday here, I've got four generations of bishops at this church. I've got my, my parents, uh, Melissa and I are children and our grandchildren. Every Sunday, there's four generations of us. And, and I see that all over the church. I see friendship networks all over the church. But I also see hundreds and hundreds of single and isolated people. Yeah. yeah. And I think church is going to, for them, kind of becomes what we used to call third place. They, they always say your first place is, is your home. Your second place is where you work. And then all kinds of things compete for your third place. Mm-hmm. One of the things here at church we want to do, we've got a coffee cafe. I mean, it's really, really nice. You can get sandwiches and, and really good coffee and, and all of that. We've got a place to sit indoors and outdoors. But part of that is just providing people more than just come to church and leave. Hmm. But you can come to church and you can grab some coffee, you can make new friends, you can catch up with old friends. But church is not just a place where we come to listen to sermons, to sing, or, or even just to worship. It's also a place that we come to be loved. And I think it's a place that we should be able to come to be restored. And if we're if the fire's a little low, a place that we can be revived. I guarantee you there's plenty of people out there today who have their faith revived because I shared the good news that we got about Melissa Uh today. I saw, uh, right before I walked in, I just put that up. I saw somebody shared my post on Facebook, and I don't know them. But they had been praying for my wife. Hmm. And it was so encouraging to Hmm. them that their prayers had been answered that they shared a post, and I don't know them. So church is, a, is a, also a place to be remembered. And by that, Mike, uh, you know, I have always thought of remember as the antonym of dismember. Hmm. So, so much in life tears us apart. Church should be a place that we can come to be put back together, and we shouldn't have to be alone when it happens. Finally, Shane, at church we find peace, purpose, passion, and we meet Jesus. What do you have to say about that? Church is not just a place we attend. Uh, church has to be a place where we encounter God and where we do that in community. I think there's this really uh, troubling notion out there that you can be a strong Christian and church has very little to do with that. Hmm. And and there is no scriptural basis for individualism in in Christianity. And it's interesting because when I hear people, I I did a post a while back about about the importance of of going to church. And and basically I said, you know, since the the pandemic, more and more people did not, who went to church, did not return to church. And I just basically suggested that if, if the reason you think you haven't come back to church is because of time, that's ridiculous. We all have the same amount of time. It's a matter of priorities. So if you're not attending church, it just means that you think other stuff is more important than church, right? Mm-hmm. And I know that doesn't set well with people, but it's just true. If I decide I'm going to uh, go watch uh, a grand child's baseball game instead of going to church, what I'm really saying is at that moment, that is more important to me than attending a church service. And maybe that's okay sometimes. You know, I'm not making value judgments. I just think we have to be honest about where we are. I got some pushback on that as I get pushback on everything. It's sort of like I get pushback, therefore I am. But uh, I got some pushback on that. And and one of the thoughts was, you know, I don't go to church, but uh, I, I feel as spiritual as ever. 
you know, and I'm sitting there thinking, well, that's the whole problem. Because church is not an exercise in generic spirituality. Mm. Church is a group of people who believe that God created the world, that people have sinned, and God gives us the opportunity to be reconciled with God's self through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, who said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. There's nothing generic about that. It's not generic spirituality. Here we come to find peace, purpose, power, and passion very specifically under the umbrella of Christianity. And so for me, this is not just another place that has good spiritual energy. This isn't just another place where we have positive vibes. This is a place where we meet Jesus. Shane, do you have any concluding thoughts? About- that was it. That was every thought I've ever had, Mike. You had, well, and I might have shared three that just came to me in the moment. Well, we have them all recorded now, so we can just play this. To all of our audience, <laughs> even on, on multiple Sunday. platforms oh, yeah, and underneath Sundays. sofas. <laughs> and underneath sofas. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us for Navigating Change with Shane and Mike. We're grateful that you joined us for the show today. And remember this, just like Pee Wee Herman, keep the change. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs>